Derek Ray, and you're listening to the Scottish Football Forums Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the third episode of the Scottish Football Forums Podcast. I'm Craig, I'm the founder of Scottish Football Forums, and I'm once again joined by Laurie, who is a regular contributor to the forum and writes for the blog section. Good evening, Laurie. Hello, how are you doing? Joining us as our guest this week is somebody who also writes for our blogs and somebody who I've played football with for probably more than five years. Good evening, Mark. Good evening. It's been about five or six years now, Craig, I think. It has, aye, every Friday night, yep. Yep. In today's podcast, I'd like to start off with doing a review of the games over the weekends and maybe looking back at the our predictions last week to see how me, Laurie and Fraser got on. I'd also like to cover a couple of topics that we've discussed in the forum during the week. The first one of these is supporting your rivals in Europe, discussing whether you, for the good of the country, you can you can bring yourself to supporting your better rivals. I'd also like to cover the World Cup draw and also uh, a look at footballers who sound like various food items. It was a, a topic that was started by Big Blue Nose Bear in the forum, and there's been some good suggestions, so I'd like to go through those. And to end with, I'd like to do a preview of the, the games for next weekend, and I'd like to get all our predictions. Cool. Okay, okay. The first game I'd like to talk about for the from this weekend was Saturday lunchtime's game with St Johnston versus Rangers. The build-up to the match, there was some interesting rumours going about that Ali McCoyce was going to start with Papach on the left of midfield and Morissette on the right, and I instantly dismissed these as vicious rumours because I, I couldn't see Papach working on the left, and Edu, to be honest, I can't see why he would even be on the pitch. <laughs> but but it, was, it was clear that he, they did start with Papach on the left, and actually thought he did okay. He's he's not the type of player that bombs forward, but he did have Wallace there to do that for him on the overlap. But I thought Papach, he's, he's got a good cross on him, albeit when he's doing it maybe a bit too deep, but it's good nonetheless. Eddie on the right, I'm not really going to go into that because I, I just don't see how he gets a, a start at all. I was, I was really impressed with Goyen in defence. He looks solid enough, and... He definitely looked commanding. He, he didn't look like he wanted to play too much football, but with his first game for the club, I'm not too bothered about that. I was impressed with Naismith, particularly his goal. The cross came in pretty deep, and he got a really good head on it. Jelovic as well was solid for the goal. Uh, man of the match, I'd, I'd probably go for, for Naismith for that. I just think he was very busy. What about yourself, Laurie? Did you watch it? I didn't watch it, no. I um, listened to... I think most of the first half, I like you when I heard the team news, I was a bit surprised, especially that Eddie was playing at all. I don't think it matters whether he's right midfield or centre midfield. He just doesn't seem to, to fit in or produce any time for Rangers. Um, the left especially confused me because you had Wallace who can play midfield, who has a lot of strengths going forward, taking players on, getting crosses in, and Papach who I think his strength lies more in his defensive side. Well, I think he can go forward as well. So it was. It, it seemed a bit odd that they'd have him that way around. But by all means, it worked. He, he got the result from um, what I heard. They played okay. I don't think St. Johnston were ever going to provide them with too much problems. Um, I couldn't tell man of the match from just listening to the first half, to be honest. But from what I read, Lee Wallace got given man of the match in a couple of places I read. I think he put in the a good ball for the 
the Naismith goal as well from the free kick, I believe. And by all accounts, he was um, meant to have had a good game, but I think it would probably be more relief from everywhere around Ibrox, especially for a certain Mr. McCoyce that he got the win. And I went with, in predictor-wise, I went with 3-0. So that was the only thing I got any points for was the Rangers game this weekend. So got something right, at least. Um, how about yourself, Mark? How did you see it going? I thought Rangers played well. Um, I thought they were well-deserved, the three points. It's a, it was a massive three points, really. I mean, when you think about it, like you say, a bit of relief for McCoyst and everybody there. But um, Naismith, the, the build-up for the first goal, Yelich tucked it away. Sorry, that was the second goal. Yelich tucked it away. I thought they were well worth the three points. But like you say, St Johnson were never really going to threaten the three points, I don't think. So, overall, a good result for Rangers and much needed. One thing I'd like to mention is there was one cross came in from the left from Rangers and Jody Morris somehow managed to win the header. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen very often in his career, so I thought I'd highlight it. Is that um? Is your new guy not six foot five or something ridiculous like that? He's massive. He's massive. He's 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 not very big built. He's maybe more the crouch gangly. Maybe not as gangly as him, but he's not the type of guy that you're going to want to go up against for a header. Unless you're Jody Morris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I forgot to mention my prediction from last week and I, should have been shouting that out, actually, because I predicted 2-0 to Rangers. Well done. So 100% right. Well done, Craig. Right, we're just going to end things there, because that's me. 100% retired. <laughs> over. Uh, Fraser got, he went for 3-0 to Rangers, so I think overall we did pretty well with that one. The next match, I'd like to discuss the St Mirren against Aberdeen match, which finished 1-0 by a goal from Hasselbank. I only got to see the highlights via the BBC website, but I was really impressed with Hasselbank. He's he's really good with his feet. There was a, a chance early on when I think he got by maybe two, maybe three players, and unfortunately he hit it wide. But to get himself into that chance, he was done well. He had a, a very poor header. I think it was in stoppage time of the first half. Free header, maybe six yards away from the goal, and headed it wide. So that was one bad mark against him, but he did come out after the break and score. Did you get a chance to see it, Laurie? I, I didn't know. I was going to say, I hope Hasselbank's good with his feet, you know, since his profession lies in a, <laughs> the sport it does. <laughs> but uh, I didn't get to see the game, no. Um, I do like Hasselbank. I actually rated him in my, my top 10 signings in the SPL last season, even though he only scored a couple of goals. I think he is, he's quick, he's got good feet and I did say that he'd be the great a great player to play alongside someone who's you know a bit stronger, good in the air. So I think him and he could be a good um, a good sort of foil for Stephen Thompson. From what I heard, St. Mirren played really well. You know they knocked the ball around around again really well, which is what I saw from them against Dunfermline. The brief reports that I saw of the game said that they kind of fully merited the win. So I think they'll be delighted with that. Hasselbank will be delighted with getting a goal so early. You know, especially if you're a striker the pressure can start to kind of build on you if you don't get that first goal for a while. So to get that off his uh, back straight away will be good. And I've said at the start of the season, I think St Mirren will do a lot better this year. I think they've made some great signings and I think Hasselbank and Thompson could be a good pairing. As for Aberdeen, I mean, I went for 1-1 with this game. I said it'll either be 1-1 or maybe one goal either way. I didn't see there being much goals. I'm surprised a few people, um, maybe, maybe with uh, Aberdeen at heart, uh, predicted three goals for the way for the, the way team, but with their attack just now, I just never saw that. So yeah, uh, it'd be disappointing for Aberdeen. 
and for Brown, but it's away from home. It's early in the season. Um, but I think St Mirren and Danny Lennon will be delighted at that sort of start. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was very impressed with St Mirren. And as we say, especially Hasselbank, I think it's going to be a big signing for them. Aberdeen pretty much didn't show up. I mean, uh, from what the BBC, Liam McLeod said they were utterly, utterly outplayed. And I, I can only agree with that from what I've seen. Kind of worrying times for Aberdeen, but I wouldn't I wouldn't think it was time to push the panic button just yet. I, I, I noticed that Fivey didn't start. Did, what's up with him? I have no idea. I like to highlight some of the, the key points. And Stephen Thompson blasting it over from about six yards within the six-yard line. Did you see that, Mark? Certainly did, eh? Uh, it's one that he'll want to forget, definitely. Yeah, he will want to forget that one, I'd imagine. But, I mean, Hasselbanks was just as bad before the half, like you say. But like, he did make amends for it after the after the break. I went with Aberdeen for my prediction for that one, and I went for 2-0, so that's pretty poor. Fraser went for 1-1, the same as yourself, Laurie. Uh, yep, I remember that. So I, I don't think it was too off. I didn't expect Samirin to be so comfortable from, well, as Mark says, and from what I saw on the BBC, that they were meant to be in control the entire game. I didn't expect yeah. that, I have to say. But yeah, not really not surprised overall that it went a one goal to the home side. The next match-up was uh, the goalless draw between Kilmarnock and Motherwell. Again, watched the, the highlights, and there was a, a couple of penalty claims for Dayton for Kelly. It kind of goes back to the argument, if those fouls were made outside the box, I reckon free kicks would have been given. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Because it's in the box, referees just don't want to know about it, in my opinion. I couldn't add anything, because I didn't see the game, I'm afraid. <laughs> but I, I know I know what you mean in terms of fouls, it's always, they're always reluctant to give things in the box that you would otherwise um, give fouls for elsewhere. I suppose just keeping it safe, a free kick on the halfway line, no one ever really talks about that, no matter how controversial the decision might have been, but if you give a penalty and it's wrong, people remember it for a, a very long time, uh, let's say, especially if it's yeah. certain um, yeah. <clears throat> Glasgow-based teams playing. <laughs> I did notice that they, they focused on Craig Levine in the crowd. Credit to him for, for choosing the, the Kelly Motherwell game over sunning himself in Rio. It's probably because there wasn't anyone else in the crowd to look at, was there? <laughs> <laughs> well, he could have been enjoying the, was it 15 or £18 million pound draw for the World Cup. I'm sure that would have been a good jolly. I, I went for a 2-0 win for Motherwell for that, so I was very wrong. Fraser went for 3-1 for Kelly. Surprisingly. Yeah, surprisingly, I went, yeah. I went 2 1 Motherwell, but I'm beginning to think Kelly um, might surprise a few people this year from what I've seen of them against Dundee United and what I heard about yesterday's game. Uh, it sounded like it was a very good, apparently a very patient passing game they were saying on the BBC today, as they said it was in stark contrast to today's game at Tynecastle, which was um, furiously flying from end to end that yesterday was a. Uh, continental style about Kilmarnock and Motherwell um, knocking it about so it's interesting to have a couple of different styles I suppose going that we have got a couple of teams who want to to keep it on the ground and maybe show a bit of patience I think a few teams are looking like they could do better than maybe people predicted early on this year yeah still still early days the next matchup is Inverness versus Hibs which Hibs won 1-0 overall I think Inverness looked good Obviously they lost, but I think they, they looked good again. They were really unlucky for Gary O'Connor. I think it was stoppage time. Managed to score from a fairly tight angle. I thought the defender was going to come back and stop it. And Essen got a very strong hand to it, but it managed to sneak in. Did you manage to watch it, Mark? 
Uh, I've seen the highlights, yeah. I think it's a sore one for, for everyone involved at Inverness, but it's the same as same story as last week. They didn't take their chances, and it was a mistake on the mid midway, uh, halfway line, wasn't it, that led led to the goal. So, you know, it could have quite easily ended 0-0, but that's what happens. That's football, and I think they'll be hurting a wee bit up in Inverness. I am not entirely surprised again. I'm afraid uh, with my busy weekend, I've not actually seen this game either. Ter- I'm, I'm terrible for this yep, one, you yep, know. It's, it's been noted, Laurie, don't worry. I know, I know. The black mark on me for Mark, this Mark, what are you doing next week? You want to become the regular presenter? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not surprised at score. Exactly like St Mirren Aberdeen, I put down a, a one-goal victory. Uh, sorry, I put down 1-1 one, one rather, but I wouldn't be. What I said, I wouldn't have been surprised if it went one goal either way, and it went to Hibs. Uh, I think Inverness. I definitely saw them struggling to begin with anyway because they had such a a, a vast change in their team, which they're not accustomed to. Um, it'll, I think it'll be a big a big thing for Calderwood because he's obviously under a bit of pressure because of the rumours about him going. Is he is he going to stay? So I think to get that win would be important for them. And I do remember Gary O'Connor scoring an injury time winner from a tight angle in Edinburgh Derby a few years back, which was very difficult to take. So I, I, I feel I feel for Inverness. I feel their pain just now. So <laughs> understand it. But it'll be good for O'Connor to get his first goal, <clears throat> if you're a Hibs fan, that is. And uh, it'll be good for Calderwood to get that win. And um, I just don't like looking at the table and being a few points behind Hibs. It's not something I'm used to. <laughs> I was uh, for the prediction. I went for a two-one victory to Hibs. So, in the the forum predictor, I would get a point for getting the actual result correct. Fraser went for two-two, but I'm sure he'll claim that he he did say that Hibs would win, but he had the caveat that they would only win if Calderwood had left. So I'm not sure he can claim that. No, that's void. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's trying to cover all bases. Yeah. I might try that with a preview later on. <laughs> and the final match of the weekend was Hearts versus Dundee United, which Dundee United won 1-0 from a goal by John Daly. Unfortunately, due to the, when we're recording this, the highlights aren't on the, the BBC website, which I'm not sure why it takes so long for them to get it on, but it's 6 o'clock for all the other games, but this one isn't included. Going to have to wait until tonight, BBC Two, to watch it. In the write-up that I read, Pernas and Kello both played really well, although the stats-wise, which is really all I've really got to go on, there was only two shots on target for each team. I'm not really sure how Kello could have played well, if that's the case. Did you did you listen to it, Laurie? What, was it a game today? No, no. <laughs> I did. I, I listened to the game. Um, I also got feedback immediately after from a friend of mine who was there. Uh, I have to say, overall, the first half, it sounded like a tremendous game. It sounded end-to-end, really open. It's hard to tell whether we were feeling the exertions from European, the European game. I think we maybe did in the second half, but first half, it was very open. Both teams going at it end-to-end. Both teams had good chances. Um, like you say, I mean, it's hard to tell with looking at the stats of shots, I think, because you can have a game with 15 shots, and 10 of them were on target, but they were all 30-yard floaters into the keeper's hands. Um, so it's sometimes difficult to tell. And the first goal was going to be important. And it went to United. I believe Willow Flood whipped in a good ball from the corner. A uh, good header by Daly. I think um, Zal Yukis has already held his hands up after the game, said it was his fault. He was supposed to be marking him. It wouldn't be the first time Zal Yukis has um, <clears throat> fallen asleep, so to say. But 
that was important goal. Second half, United, being the away team, as you'd expect them to, became a bit stuffier, sat in a bit more, basically asked the question of us if we could come and get the equaliser. And to be honest, we couldn't. They always looked dangerous on the counter-attack, uh, from what I heard. And we just didn't have enough kind of guile, basically, to get an equaliser, which it's worrying to degree, but we had a few players out had just played in Europe. My friend was a bit more damning of our performances. The radio seemed to say, oh, both teams played well and Hearts just ran out of steam and United kind of just edged it. But my friend seemed to think that McGowan, his words were, didn't look like he'd ever played football before. <laughs> um, That's a bit harsh. <laughs> Templeton didn't beat his man once. Uh, there was a, f- a few things. I think the main problem for us is finishing the chances in these games and why, whereas Tynecastle is a brilliant atmosphere when we're playing a big team and we're pushing them, where it becomes a problem for the players is when we're not beating a team that they expect the fans expect us to beat or we're behind to a team they expect us to beat because they get very impatient and it seems to rub off on a few of our players just now. I think they got nervous in the second half, um, started throwing balls in which weren't going anywhere and basically just ran out of ideas. So I'm not going to get too worried. I think from the signs of it being the away team, Dundee United probably deserved their victory. Yeah, I, like, I agree with you, Laurie. I wouldn't be too worried about it. You know, the, the old excuse of the old Europe is there. But uh, it was a tight one, like you say, and from what I've heard, it could have went either way. But obviously Dundee United edged it and credit to them. OK, uh, next up, we were going to look at a topic that we were discussing on the forum in the past week, which was one that I started myself which was about supporting your rivals in Europe. Basically looking at supporting not just your direct rivals in terms of Hearts and Hibs and Rangers Celtic, Dundee, Dundee United, but any other Scottish team in Europe. And what I was basically saying was I do remember when I was younger, I tended to support whoever Hibs were playing in Europe, which <clears throat> on the rare occasion they were there, uh, <laughs> which now... As I've got a bit older and I look at things a bit more objectively, it does seem a bit of a narrow way to look at it because, you know, they're an Edinburgh team, they're a Scottish team, they're playing in Europe. It benefits us, you know, in terms of coefficient and raising our profile. And I find myself these days not just supporting and following the likes of Aberdeen or Dundee United in Europe, but the old firm, even Hibs, which maybe support is too strong a word, but I can be pleased for them if they do well. Which is one way to look at, I think, is in terms of the coefficient and what it does for Scotland. Obviously, our coefficient, which was actually highlighted on the forum. Um, I think it was Paul Band done some good yeah. research. Yep, it was uh, beating me to the, the research this time. Uh, yep, yeah, it was Paul Band who did it. Uh, the coefficients, how much they've dropped recently, which is very worrying because it only goes on the past five years. And basically, our um, total coefficient just now is around 18. I'll quickly run through it. Basically, 1 to 15 in the UEFA rankings... If you're the top three countries, you get four Champions League places. Four to six, you get three. Seven to 15, you get two Champions League places. Then 16, which we are, down to 44, you get one Champions League place, three Europa League places, and uh, four in total. So in total, you're going basically down a place each of these. So we're just on the, we're just out of it. With a couple of good seasons in Europe, we could be back in with two Champions League places, which is a big deal, I think, in terms of keeping the profile for Scottish football. And at the moment, we're at risk of losing basically over half of our coefficient points because the last good season we had was 2007-2008, which is a big problem because we're going to plummet to, I think, 30th or lower. 
And although we're not going to lose any placings, it'll affect teams that we'll play in terms of seeding when teams are in, whether we're seeded or not in different rounds, which can be a big deal. It's the difference between getting, you know, a decent Spanish or English team or getting a team from, you know, Hungary or Finland or, or whatever. Sweden, one of them easy teams. Like, Aye, one, yeah. of those, one of those wee diddy teams that never qualify. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So it's a big difference. And it obviously raises our profile when Scottish teams do well. And the other way I look at it is in a terms of a competitive way in the league. If your competitors have a midweek game every couple of weeks, then they're more risk of being tired of injuries, of being distracted. And I think I cite the season 2005-2006 when my team Hearts finished second, where we didn't have any European games that year. We were all free of that. Um, we were also knocked out the League Cup early, which we'd done it on purpose, obviously. And, uh, sure. Yep. And Rangers had a terrible league season, but I think some people forget that they actually got to the last 16 of the Champions League that year. And I'm not saying that it's every time a team does well in Europe, they will obviously play badly in domestic football, but it can affect you, especially here in Scotland, you've not got a big squad. So surely if, for Rangers' point of view, if Celtic are in the Champions League group stages or the Europa League group stages and they've got games week in, week out, then they're going to be more fatigued, players are going to get injured and tired and distracted, and it should surely benefit them. So I was putting it out there, and I think maybe support was too strong a word because I don't expect Celtic fans to sit there with Rangers scarves on cheering them on against uh, Malmo next week and vice versa I wouldn't expect Rangers fans to do the same with Celtic but maybe we could be more open to them doing well and maybe just not supporting the opposition (laughs) so um, how about yourself Mark will you be um, donning your your Rangers scarf and top come next week Um, I will not but but I will say this, I think it's good if, if Rangers get further in Europe, of course. Uh, as you say, the coefficients say, the profile of Scottish football. I think if you're a Scottish football fan, you want to see any Scottish team do well in Europe. Not to say I will enjoy it, but you know, I'd like to see Rangers go through the Champions League. But yeah, like you said in the forum, maybe to a certain stage, I would hate to see them win it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was watching the Dundee United game. When they when they ended up getting put out, and I actually really hit home how how much I, I did want them to get through, and I felt the same when I was watching Hearts. Although the tie is still up in the air, so the feelings weren't so strong. But I do teams that like Dundee United and Hearts this season. I, I do want them to do well. The coefficient is is crucial to our country, to our game, because it really if we have clubs going straight into the Champions League group stages, if it's dreamland right now, but if we had two clubs going straight into the group stages, then think of the money that brings into the country, that filters down into the, I'm assuming it's the old firm teams that are getting into the group stages, but that money will filter down into the non-old firm teams and, and so on, and it'll work its way down the divisions. In terms of, would I support my rivals, which as a Rangers fan, that would be Celtic, I don't think you'll find me with a, a Celtic top on cheering them on, but I definitely do wish them well and I do want them to progress. There will become a point in the competition where I turn around and, and start supporting their opposition, but to be honest, that, that's not going to kick in really until maybe the quarterfinals when I start to think that maybe they do have a chance of winning it, which I, I wouldn't want. But up until then, yeah, I definitely would support my rivals. Just... Almost from a selfish point of view, because I, I think that it would benefit Scottish football, it would benefit Rangers. I think it's just it just benefit us all if Scottish teams did well. Yeah, and I, I did I did mention the forum. We can always reserve the right to laugh when they get humped and embarrassed. That's not we're not losing that right. You know when they, when they do <laughs> when oh. it does go when it does go horribly wrong and you get beaten five 0 by some plumbers in Slovakia, 
we can still slag them for that. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no problem with that. I think that's part of football, isn't it? The the rivalry and and trying to get one ups on the, the opposition fans. That's that's one of the reasons that we enjoy football. I think. Yeah, that, that that goes hand in hand with it. I think. I mean, like you say, Laurie, if they are, if it does go horribly wrong, and it is always, you are entitled to, you know, have a go and you know, wind somebody up about it. But in the long in the long run, I think. I mean, me and me and Craig are saying that we would like to see them, uh, the arrivals do well, and then to a certain stage, well, not so well. Which I think is a bit of a kind of contradiction because, which I believe, kind of shows up really our true feelings about the thing, where really we don't want arrivals doing well in, in, in European competition. Do you agree, Craig? I I don't know. See, to be honest, I I would be more than happy for Celtic to reach the the Europa group stages and progress further than that. But when I switch is when I start to think that they're going to actually win the competition. <laughs> That's when it really hits home way up, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> in, in defence of Craig, what I would say is um, back in the um, UEFA Cup run of Celtics, this was a time when I probably was a bit um, narrow-minded with these things. I tended not to support the old Firemore Herbs in Europe, but I found myself secretly, you know, I didn't like to let it known because <laughs> I knew a lot of Rangers fans as well. <laughs> but I found myself really wanting Celtic to do well. I remember the games against Blackburn, against Liverpool, and, you know, I was like, Christ, I, I'm I'm almost supporting Celtic here. I remember when they, they scored at Anfield and I kind of almost jumped up and I felt a bit I felt a bit wrong afterwards, you know, but... <laughs> but then, Sorry, I suppose that's how you feel, Craig. When you watch Celtic, sometimes you find yourself jumping up. So it's kind of—I <laughs> don't—I th- don't think we'd go that far, man. To back but, it up a little bit. But yeah. then what? Ha- what happened basically when you got to the final? And I was like, am I still going to back them? And then I remember a lot of my Celtic mates—they were, you know, they're getting excited, and it was going on and on about it already. And then I started remembering, oh God, they—they they still talk about Lisbon Lions, and my mates weren't even born then. And then I just realised, it's like, if this happens. I'm not going to, this isn't, we're not going to hear the end of this for a long time. And uh, I mean, Aberdeen's still going about it and that happened before I was born and the competition doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but that's where I started finding myself. And in the final, I was a bit more open. I wasn't completely against Celtic, but part of me started um, thinking maybe it wouldn't be a bad thing if they didn't win it. Although I did feel a bit, I thought they were a bit hard done by in the final that day. I've got a couple of comments from the forum I'd like to read out. Yep. Uh, one of the one of the early members, really, a guy who's been with us for quite a while, Cam Shy or Cam Shay, who's a Rangers supporter. He says, anytime I see other teams other than the old firm playing in Europe, I always get behind them. It's the Scottishness inside me. I remember a few years back when Hibs were playing AK Athens, I think it was. Anyway, the Hibies were doing... Not too badly at one point, very close to getting the goals they needed. Me and my mates were watching it. They were Celtic fans, but each of us got very excited and jovial about the prospect, belief, hope, wishful thinking about them getting through. He does finish with, if it is Celtic playing, however, then I hope they get pumped. (laughs) (laughs) I, I remember that game, actually, and it shows how much my views changed because my dad, who's also a Hearts fan, was... uh disappointed me because I was sitting there biting my nails as Athens were trying to hold on to take it to extra time. <laughs> I think I definitely had my Athens stuff on that night. Yeah, there's a comment from a grumpy old man as well on the forum. That is, that's self-named, by the way. I'm not calling him that. <laughs> and he makes he does make a good point about why you would support the other team when your rivals are playing. He says, got to say that it's the same for me when Rangers play in Europe. 
this was agreeing with Kamshi saying that he uh, doesn't support Celtic in Europe and he says it's uh, not to do with bigotry, it's all about having the bragging rights over your biggest rivals. So yeah. it, is, it is one way to look at it. If Celtic are doing better than Rangers then in Europe, then I suppose it gives them an edge in the the banter, maybe. Yeah, that's it. It's, it goes hand in hand, I think, with football, the banter. and You've got to have that, otherwise the game's not as beautiful as it is, I don't think. Got an, another comment from Glenn Joke. He's a, a Celtic fan and he says, I like to see all Scottish teams do well in Europe. But he's, he's finished it with a, a wee winky <laughs> smiley face. So I'm not sure what he's getting at there. Uh, there's there's another one from the username is question mark apester, but we all know that it is Japester. I support anybody who's playing Celtic. So he's, he's gone straight in there. No messing about it doesn't matter if it's Europe or domestic football. I want Celtic to get beat in every game they play. That is my rule and is mostly adhered to. <laughs> There's also a logical, um, a bit of a logical post, as he says, from our, our resident poet, which uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we are going to get something in the podcast soon. Uh, John O'Rob and his uh, poetic talents. Uh, he says, let's be logical here. For Celtic fans to wish Rangers all the best and hope they do well in Europe or vice versa is like Scotland fans wishing England all the best in the Euro world tourneys. Uh, they are our biggest rivals. Their ongoing investments in players, etc., is largely dependent on a good European run. Why, therefore, could I support Rangers through any stages of a European campaign? Apart from the financial benefit benefits, it is only human nature to want a bit of one one-upmanship on your rivals. So, again, it's a good point, you know, getting to the Champions League group stages, as we all know now, is that well-publicised figure of at least 10 million, they say. Um, I've heard even up to 30 million mentioned, but you just don't know. But yeah, that's another logical way to look at it. If Rangers get to the Champions League, if Celtic gets to the Champions League group stages, they've got a lot more money to invest in players and make their team better. So, it's hard to argue with that sort of point as well. It's a very valid point, I think. I think it's a valid point, it is kind of one of those things that I think a lot of people who aren't supporting their rivals in Europe, but say they are, use the coefficiency as a kind of guise for it. You know, oh, it's great for coefficiency, but like he says, he's got a logical way of thinking about it. And it's, there's no moral high ground in saying, oh yeah, I support Rangers in Europe. I just think that it's good for Scottish football. But like he says, it's a logical way of thinking about it. It's as long as you're out in the open with it and say, no, I don't support my rivals, then I think it's okay. You can have a bit of one-upmanship, like you say. I think to a degree, I would almost apply it more to teams out with the old firm. I think the old firm, it's in a sort of game of its own because of how close it is. And because of because it's the Champions League we're talking, there is such a big, you know, there's a big financial gap in whether you qualify or don't. Whereas I think when you're talking Hearts and the Hibs and Dundee United and Aberdeen and Europa League, let's be honest, none of the teams are really going to make, it's not going to make a huge difference to their overall set up with the players they have if they do well in Europe or not. Well, that's the way I would look at it. I don't think Hibs are going to be concerned about... I don't think they're going to want us to lose on Thursday against against Poch, if, if, if that's how you say it. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think they're going to be worried because they think if we go on a good run, we're going to suddenly have X more amount to spend on players. I don't think Dundee United will think that way either. It can have a small effect, but I would say when it comes to maybe Hearts and Hibs or Aberdeens and Dundee Uniteds that there's a bit more, I think the reason they don't want them to do well is just the pure reason that it's just their rivals and they don't like like seeing them doing well. And um, it was just good after Thursday, I did, there was a couple of Hibs fans getting in touch with a couple of um, 
most media outlets are saying it was good to see Hearts doing well, and even though it pains me to say it, uh, well done to them, which is it's sort of the way I look at it. I'm never going to watch a Hibs game and be, you know, cheering and delighted when they score. But I think if they did well in a European game, I could say, you know, that's good. I'm, I'm quite pleased for them. I think that's maybe the way I look at it. You could be pleased for your team doing well. Yeah, if you if you look beyond, we've talked about coefficient, money and whatever. But if you look beyond that and just say that it's good for Scotland, there's pe- people across Europe are going to look at our teams and, and think, well, Terrified of us. Well, <laughs> maybe, yeah. Rather trembling than trembling with fear at the thought after after Hearts holding Parch yeah. and Hungary, and <laughs> I think it would be it'd be horrible if we got to the stage that the other countries were looking and basically referring referring to us as a a diddy country, if you like. Oh, don't worry, it's just a Scottish team. We'll we'll get by them. Is that not what they say though? Uh, maybe in maybe in Sweden, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to talk about the World Cup qualifying draw that took place on Saturday evening. I don't know if you stayed in to watch it, but I did. And I heard that... Did you watch it live? I watched it live. Yes, I did. On a Saturday night? Saturday night. Kicked off. So did I, so you're not alone. Right, so it's just Laurie. Laurie's getting dropped for next week's podcast anyway, so sorry, Matt. It'll just be me and you. I think, I think we can forgive him for not staying in on Saturday night to watch the World Cup draw live. I think. Uh, I, I don't know. No, 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 I'm going to hold fair. it against him. I was, only wa- I was only watching a film. It wasn't like I was out buying <laughs> Well, I heard that it was 18 million, supposedly, for the, the draw itself. And from what I've seen, there, there was none of that on show. There was maybe Ronaldo's belly, but other than that, there was nothing. That's what it cost. Yeah, that's how much it cost. I'll be the flights for all the bigwigs to come in and yeah. sit there and watch a draw that they could watch from home. Well, <laughs> he obviously fancied the Kelly game more. Maybe the SFA couldn't afford his expenses. So uh, we got drawn with uh, Wales, Macedonia, Belgium, Serbia... And Croatia. Now, I was wondering what your your thoughts were on the group. Well, we had a chat about it before. I think I personally think it's a group we can qualify out of. We avoided the bigger teams. We didn't do so well in the lesser teams. Obviously, Wales was a bad draw. We've had trouble with Macedonia in the past. Belgium's not a great country for us, as history would show. But I think I, I think we can get out of that group. I mean, what do you think, Laurie? I can look at it one of two ways. The um, the optimist in me says I look at every team and think we could beat every team there. The pessimist in me says, I look at every team and we could get beat by every <laughs> team there. I, Mark hit the nail on the head there. We did, I think we did well or as well as can be expected. I, I think when people get a bit offended, you go, oh, you're you're downsizing Croatia and Serbia because you think you got a good draw. It's like, well, there's never going to be an easy draw. I mean, we're Scotland to begin with. No matter what draw it is, it's not going to be easy. But we got Croatia when we could have got Germany, we could have got Holland, we could have got England, could have got Spain. We got Serbia when we could have got um, Russia, we could have got France. And whilst Croatia and Serbia are obviously no mugs, they could beat us at home or away. But they are two teams I think we could beat. Whereas obviously, as we've seen with Spain, although we ran them close at Hamden, it's a whole different league when you look at a team like that. Even England, as much as part of me wanted to get England for that old game. If you look at player for player, we just we really struggled to compete with those. So I think we did well with those teams. Belgium aren't any mugs either. We've not got a great record against them. They're maybe not as good as they once were, but I understand that they're having a bit of a revival. 
in recent times under the same manager who I think took them to, was it 98? It's a while back. Um, and Macedonia, as Mark pointed out as well, we've had trouble against them. A team that I would think it's a way game worries me about a team like that. I think at Hamden, we should do well and we should beat them. But when you go away to these um, Baltic nations, it's not ideal. It's always difficult, hostile atmosphere, difficult pitch often to play on. And uh, Wales, by my understanding, looking at everyone, easily could say they're the hardest team in the bottom seeds. You know, a, a bottom seeds team with Gareth Bale, with Craig Bellamy, with Aaron Ramsey, that's three players who I think would straight away get in the Scotland team. Yeah. Probably better than any we've got. So it's not easy. Um, I think we can qualify, which is important, but we could just as easily finish second bottom, I think. So it's it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a very open group, to be fair. I don't think anyone's going to run away with that group. And to be honest, other than maybe Macedonia, I don't. I think the top five teams in that group will be reasonably close. I think I think Wales will start improving on their speed. I think they have to. They've been terrible so far. So I think those those five especially could all beat each other. And even Macedonia can take points off teams when they're at home. I think. Are you optimistic, Greg? Well. I'm optimistic of finishing above a rating of fourth, if you like, coming from pot four. I think we were were unlucky to get Wales in pot six. I still don't understand how I hear that they had the, the same number of ranking points as the Faroe Islands, but for some reason ended up in pot six. The so, way it, I think the way it works, sorry to interrupt you there, I think, I might be wrong, I think it's similar to the club coefficients. If you've got the same... It goes on your recent results, right? As in, um, Pharaoh's recent form because I think did they beat who they beat someone recently, <laughs> which in, which in itself is an achievement for the Pharaoh <laughs> Islands. But yeah. because Wales haven't won a game for a while, well, in international terms anyway, Pharaohs although they're on the same ranking points, they are put above them because they won a game recently, which unfortunately um, for some geeky pharaoh student who pointed this out to fifa yeah. by the way by the way on that subject i wonder how many times FIFA have got it wrong before you know because yeah. I, I don't sit there and work out coefficients to be honest i presume that they work out right but i thought it would be automatic well when it, it's just struck me when um when it happened i was like well i wonder if you sat and looked through the past if at times because obviously it doesn't matter generally in terms of oh are you 114th or are you 115th but it does when you come to these draws because for them it meant the difference between being in the fifth pot and the sixth pot. Yeah. Um, and for instance, for Wales' sake, if you if you if you swap them with Pharaoh's group, then they would have had Kazakhstan, Austria, Ireland, Sweden, and then Germany, which would probably be a better group from them from their point of view, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's interesting that FIFA made that kind of boo boo or didn't see what had happened but yeah i believe back to your point shock laurie's gone off on a tangent um yeah <laughs> the main point i was saying was uh, wales were behind pharaohs i think on recent form that's yeah. all i needed to say really so i think we could have got we could have got like well san marino there in pot six personally would i love that and why we struggle against san marino and pharaohs yeah. anyway so it doesn't well, matter I, I, I think we do yeah we struggled recently against the pharaohs but again in, in pot five i would have much preferred the pharaohs rather than macedonia who yeah. well my standout memory the last time we played them uh, in macedonia was i think it was the first time really that chris commons that i'd spotted him playing for scotland and he came on 
and uh, was it 40 degree heat and he came on with a long sleeve top and I think he's forever going <laughs> to receive my respect for that. Yeah, it was warm that day. I wasn't there, but I, see, I remember watching it on the telly. It looked, it looked absolutely scorching. There was players for Scotland saying that they were having to hydrate days before the game, which, I don't know, Mark, I mean, you play football. I don't think that's how we work. Days no, be- well, we, we hydrate, but it's not in water. <laughs> <laughs> Days, days before the game. Days before the game, yeah, yeah. I, I'm no. Well, I, w- I wouldn't expect them to like you know fast and not drink anything days before oh. the game. Is <laughs> yeah, you think I yeah, have a good drink before the game, but not not piling it in days before. But anyway, uh, moving on to part three, Belgium. I don't know. I think we do have a chance. There's there's other teams here that I maybe would have preferred to have, but but yeah, that's okay. Pot two, I think we got lucky with Serbia. You mentioned that there was a possibility of France, maybe Russia, maybe even Sweden. (laughs) You're just saying that because you're a Rangers fan. (laughs) Yeah, the the, the club teams are doing pretty well at the moment, especially in Europe, yeah. Pot one, I think we got really lucky. The England, Spain, Holland, Germany, Portugal, Italy, all would have been worse than Croatia. But... We could have done a lot better. During the week on the, the forum, Big Blue Nose Bear started a thread asking for suggestions for football players that sound like food items. And he started things off with a few few decent ones. He went for... I'm going to laugh as I read these out. Eric Canotuna. <laughs> Hopefully these are all obvious, but if not, just shout out and ask. Sesk... Asparagus, <laughs> Dwight Yorkie Bar, Juan Pablo Angel Delight. That's maybe, <laughs> maybe not pronounced how it should be, but it fits in nicely. Uh, we've got a couple of other ones. Panda Monk came in with Barry Banana and Sean Baloney. <laughs> Camshe came in with an old one. Phil Kebab, a, a bit of a blast for the past. Day. Was he Liverpool and was it Northern Ireland or Republic? Phil Bab. Uh, yeah. I can't remember. I remember at Liverpool. I yeah. don't even. I don't remember internationally. No, I'm afraid. Uh, he, he also came out with Dimitar Herbatov. Black Dog came out with. I'm going to get this wrong because I've tried pronouncing it a few times. <laughs> Stephen Mayo Naismith. And Graham Soupness. No, I think he stretched that one a bit too far. <laughs> you think you think he stretched a bit far? Yeah. Well, coming from the person who said Kenny Miller genuine draft. <laughs> it's, it's not even food. <laughs> oh, the, I chose that because in Russia the beer's classed as food stuff, so that that counts. <laughs> I, I think I think you're pushing the boundaries there. Well, I'm to my my I thought my suggestions were brilliant. I even gave a a Scottish and a continental option to mine. Right, um, right, carry on then. Go my, for it. I thought you were going to read it out, but you obviously... Uh, no, I've missed yours. i missed yours to allow you to say it out oh, personally. Yeah. <laughs> I had Stefan Pye, you know, Pye. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I also said, if you want to go continental, it could be Stefan Paella. So, <laughs> there you go. I thought that was quite good. I didn't right. even have to change the spelling for the first one, you know. <laughs> um, how about you, Mark? Did you Have you managed to think up any of your own? I had a think about it at work today, and I came, 
Jose Binayun is one of mine. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Michael Carrot, quite easy. <laughs> Ivan Sprout. See, are, are we not just talking like ingredients here? It surely should have to be like a, an actual food item. Oh, right. Soul Campbell's meatballs then. How about that? Ah, <laughs> so yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Right. Nice and quickly there, because I mean, someone said Connor. Who said it was you? Said Connor salmon, Craig. Ah, that is good. It's just a fish, though. You should have said salmon. You should have said salmon. Salmon Ah, that's a good one. You could have said like Connor salmon pate or something, maybe. No, salmon is definitely food. I had a crisp Boyd, Fredo Bar Lundberg. Along the same lines as Mark, I had Cami Bell's steak pie. Ah. And Theo Wall Cottage Cheese. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe it works better when it's written down. I noticed yeah. you even had Eggert Johnson. Yeah, yep, I did. Yeah, yeah. Again, there's too much ingredients. <laughs> so you had... were actual actual dishes, Laurie. <laughs> uh, I I think I think maybe uh, I think uh, maybe I'm being too fussy. I don't know. So Michael Michael Carrot Cake. How about that? Right, that's, that's good. That passes the lorry test. And <laughs> Johnny Robb went for Coca-Cola Touré, <laughs> Scott Brunsos, Nikita Jelivich. Paul Band went for a simple one, but a very good Nacho Novo, Patrick Burger. Graham and Forum went for John Greggs. <laughs> Okay. Roberto Baggi oh, from Weedese <laughs> and they also gave Emmanuel Petit Pois and Jackie Big Mac Namara and <laughs> the last one I've got is JB1978 gave Gabriel Tomato <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's quite funny because it's so bad <laughs> so um I think we should maybe pick a, a winner. We don't really have a prize, though. But, I mean, uh, I think uh, since Mark's our guest, yeah, he should be yep. given the responsibility of deciding the, the foodstuff well, player I'm... champion. So there's, uh... I, appreciate, I appreciate the elevated role. And two suits stand out for me. Sean Baloney, which I like. But, <laughs> but, but the winner have to be... What was it? Co- Coca-Cola Turi? <laughs> yeah, Coca-Cola Turi. <laughs> I don't know why it stood out. It just did. Right. Whose en- who's entry was that? That was Johnny Rob. He's 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 good with words. He's as I've said before. He's the the poet of the oh, forum. So he'd be good at stringing the words together. I uh, he he had a few good ones actually. He even had Paddy McFood Court. Even talking oh. about <laughs> even talking about places to eat food as well. Now he he was really he was going be- above and beyond the Call of Duty I, there. I don't yeah, know if that passes your test, though, Larry. I don't know. Yeah, well, what is that? You're quite strict. No, but he but he provided a good selection, so I'll I'll, I'll let him off. <laughs> I think I was being too strict. I just liked I only had one I only had one offering. I was just trying to yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to get rid of some of the competition. I think. <laughs> Massimo Macaroni would have been a good one, but that's just his name again. <laughs> no, I, I do like it when it's kept simple. I did appreciate Nacho Novo. Yeah, well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Celtic fan. You're never going to appreciate Nacho Novo. No, 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 he's, he's alright. I thought it'd be a good time to look at the predictions for the upcoming games this coming weekend. On Saturday the 6th of August, Dundee United versus St Mirren. Although St Mirren really impressed me today, 
I've always been impressed with Dundee United, especially over the last few seasons. So I'm going to play it safe and I'm going to go for 3-0. OK, my turn. Uh, let me think. Uh, Dundee United, St Mirren. I'm going to think uh, St Mirren are quite a decent team this season. Dundee United are a good team as well, though. They're at home. Uh, both teams are going to score. Uh, I'm going 2-1 Dundee United. There you go. <laughs> I have the same. 2-1 Dundee United. I think it'll be close. I think St Mirren have got a lot to offer, but I think Dundee United will edge it, will edge it in the end. I think 2 one's a good, a good bet. There's only two games on the Saturday, and this, the the final game is Dunfermline against Inverness Kelly. Dunfermline have just come up to the SPL, and I've predicted them to go straight back down, so I don't have high hopes for them. I've got them scoring one and Inverness, who I think have done quite well so far in the first two games. I've got them scoring two, so 2-1 to Inverness. I have been very boring and thought that when I saw Dunfermline against the Mirren, they looked dull. They didn't seem to have much kind of creativity. Inverness, I think, are lacking a bit at the moment as well. Whether it'll improve after the team gel, I don't know. So I've just went nil-nil, actually, with that one. I think I'll need to be the, the voice of the pars because I think they will win it 1-0. Uh, I thought they were a bit okay, a, a bit dull against uh, St Man, maybe a bit, of, a bit of nerves, but the better them. But I think I think they're actually not too bad. I think they'll win 1-0. I think they'll get the result there. They do need a voice from somewhere, so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll give you that one. That, that's that's maybe that's maybe heart overhead, but that you know I'll go 1-0 the pars. I'd have to. On Sunday the. Quarter past 12 kickoff is Aberdeen versus Celtic. Aberdeen haven't haven't really impressed me too much this season, so I've got them drawing a blank. And Celtic, to be honest, apart from the, the friendly against Inter Milan, when, although they did, they did play okay, they got beat 2-0, I think they're doing really well at the moment, so I've got them going three, winning 3-0. I've went slightly less this time because I gave them three Easter Road and they let me down. So um, I've gone two, same score they got Easter Road, I've went 2-0. I don't think Aberdeen will score. I think they're lacking a bit up front, similar to Dunfermline. But at the same time, I think they're solid under Brown. I don't think they'll get hammered. Um, apologies if they end up do and I've just jinxed them. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I've went 2-0 I've went Celtic. I think it'll be pretty comfortable for them. Um it's not like when Aberdeen play Rangers, so uh, <laughs> uh, 2-0 Celtic. I'm not particularly looking forward to it, but I think I think you guys are right. I think Celtic will win it. Um, I've not been overly impressed with Aberdeen's start. And like you say, Celtic have got goals in them. 3-0, 4-0 toss-up. I'll go 4-0. I'll put it out there. 4-0 Celtic, I think. Celtic have a good time against Aberdeen, usually. Again, I'm sorry to any Celtic fans if I've jinxed it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're in trouble, Laurie. Well... We can't. Well, I thought I'd jinx that being saying they won't get hammered, and, uh, oh, and well, you, that's you're saying they will, so it's surely cancel each other out. I'll teach my nil nil. Five nil Aberdeen. Four nil Celtic. I think they'll. I think they'll win comfortably there. Right, well, we're, well, we will be bringing it up next week, Mark. So hopefully you're close. Yeah, look, it, it sounds like a bit out there, but I, I just think that I, I just see it happening. I just I, I can see Celtic getting. You saying three? I reckon they'll get four. You know, I think that's I think that's a certainty Celtic will win there. The second game on the Sunday is Motherwell versus Hearts. Hearts quite impressed me in the first weekend against Rangers, especially the first half. Motherwell impressed me the first weekend as well. 
but then slipped away a little bit in the second half. Both teams have went for a 2-1 victory to Hearts because on paper I think they've got the stronger team. Yeah, but the stronger team doesn't always win, Craig. Um, (laughs) I have went 1-1. I think we will look to have a response in the next league game following today's. I don't think Jeffries will want us to lose two on the bounce. But we do have another game on Thursday against um, Hungarians, which I think we should win. You know, touch wood, you know, probably jinxing that. We're going to get hammered in that game as well. But whatever happens on Thursday, in fact, even more so if we do get put out, Jeffries will want a response on Sunday. I think Motherwell are a good team. I don't think they're quite as capable as they have been recently, but I think they pass it about well. I think it could be even. I think it's one of these hard ones that could swing by a goal to either team, but I'm going to go 1-1. I think both teams could end up being reasonably pleased if it's a 1-1 draw, especially us after if last year's last week's defeat. The one worrying thing for Hearts, though, is that was a, I think that was our ninth SPL game in a row that we've not won, if you take in the end of last season. So maybe we'll be a bit hungrier than I'm giving us credit for. But we're not used to this European midweek game and we're missing a few players still. So I'd probably take 1-1 from Fair Park just now, to be fair. It's a tough one. I think Motherwell will win this one. Apologies, Laurie. Uh, it's all right. You still have jinxed them. But uh, I think they'll win 2-1. I think uh, Motherwell will just, just edge them on the day. Like you say, the European fixture midweek might prove, you know, a bit too much for Hearts. But I think Motherwell will win it. I think they've got a solid team there. And I think they were better than they showed against Kilmarnock for the 0-0 draw this weekend. OK, Kilmarnock probably dominated, but I think Motherwell will come out strong at home and win 2-1. Did you just check your notes to see who Motherwell played? Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. Yeah, I did, yeah. I've got a really short memory. Clearly, uh, <laughs> I thought it's, it's worth mentioning that we've only we've only talked about four games because uh, Rangers are due to they've opted out of this round because they are due to play Chelsea on Saturday. I I did look at the, the tickets for that game, but I think they're pretty steep. It was twenty five pound for a ticket, which for a friendly, although it is against Chelsea, I thought it was a bit too dear. And Hibs have also opted out. Because they are due to play Sunderland on Saturday. That's very uninspiring, to be honest. That people are opting out. I think this, uh, I think this early start has been a bit of a, a bit opting of a farce, out. to be honest. Opting out, jeez. I just, I think the the early start was meant to help us in Europe, and has it really made much difference? I mean, United got put out. Hearts did okay, but I don't think was it anything to do with the season starting. I don't know. I don't know, I think it's it's hard to tell, but then if you if we'd started when we normally do, we potentially could have Dundee United and Rangers out of the their respective competitions. Well potentially even hearts if we ignore their, their positive result in the first leg. So that's maybe three teams out of Europe already. So I think that anything that can be done that can get some game time, some competitive game time is a good thing. So, yeah, I'm all for the early start, and I think it was a, a compromise to allow teams to opt out. Like Celtic, they had already arranged the Dublin Super Cup prior to the SPL announcing it, so I think it almost had to be built in. I just think that any team opting out, it's just, it should be... I don't think the extra, <clears throat> the, ga- the extra game time really will help. I mean, it might, I don't know. I don't think it has. I don't think it will. What's, I mean... I just I don't see how I can see how if you're mid-season 
like it can be positive for teams like the Swedish teams who are mid-season. But two games in, that that's even more maybe detrimental because you're not quite match fit. So maybe that first game is taking it more out of you. And then you've got to go to a European game right after it. I, I honestly can't see how it makes much difference if you played a, one, a single league game before the European game or two league games. It To me, it, if anything, it means that obviously we've got to play Thursday, Sunday, Thursday straight away. And it's maybe too much too soon. But I'm not saying that that is definitely the case. It just seems a bit, it's not, what, two weeks or a week difference? It just seems like it's not going to make much, much uh, give much help to our teams. Uh, in terms of the predictor, Craig, after the end of month one, I know you have a monthly prize of £20 on the Scottish Football Forums predictor. So how, who was uh, topping it on the first month? Who were the best players? Well, I think it's Paul Band has once again shown that he can somehow predict the, the SPL score, which is, to be honest, I find it a lottery. I'm not, maybe I'm saying that because sour grapes, because I'm not very good at it. But yeah, Paul Band won the £20 this month. He got 14 points. And I think I was languishing maybe 40th, 50th place on six points. Uh, done very poorly. He should start a tipster section. If he's so good at predicting the score, he could give me some tips. Maybe make me some money at the bookies whilst I'm failing miserably at predicting these scores. Yeah, maybe with those those kind of points, maybe he could earn us some money. Yeah. But yeah, he, he won the share in, the, I think it was the SPL last season, and I think he done well in the World Cup, so he's somehow got a knack. Well, someone's got to get it right, but yeah, if he's, if he's doing it consistently, then maybe he's got a, a system. Maybe he's got a system that we can tap into somehow. But yeah, how, how are you doing, Laurie? Do you know? I have done, I've not done very well. I think I was on four or five points and I got, I think I just got one point the weekend. So I'd probably be about the same as you, possibly worse. To be honest, um, that's rubbish if you're the same as me. Hi, well, there's like 150 people doing it, is there not, at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could be top half then, you know, I could be top six after the split. Well, top half after the split, you know, fighting for the last European place. As long as that makes you feel better, yeah. Well, <laughs> Nick... It makes half the SPL feel better, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I've got to use it as some sort of <laughs> consolidation. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that brings us to the close of the, the third episode of the Scottish Football Forums podcast. So thanks once again, Laurie, for joining us. And thank you, Mark, for being our guest for the week. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. It's been, it's been good. It's been good to have another guest in with some, um, well, touch wood, some jinxing of teams. <laughs> Yeah. The first Celtic fan we've had on the podcast. Well, I appreciate you bringing me on, Craig. I think there's a lot. It took a lot for you. We we had to get one in because there was uh, calls that it was a conspiracy and it was a it was a Rangers bias. <laughs> I, I, I wish that I didn't feel any of that tonight. Good night. Good stuff, Mark. But yeah, I'll be in touch in future. Definitely ask you back again at some point. That would be great. Right, and th- thank yous and good night.